I'm Aaron. This is Paul. Look at me, Paul. I got it right this time. You did. You did. You know, see, the, the, the last episode, that was our pilot. That's where you're just kind of working yourself out, kind of figuring things out. You know, is Aaron going to be an ass the entire podcast or just part of the podcast? You know, so, yeah, yeah we just kind of we're figuring things out. We did. And we got renewed for episode two. Woo! We got picked up. Yeah, we got picked up for a second episode. Now, will we get picked up for a third episode? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're solid for three. After that, I think we're we'll yeah, see. Yeah, big big questions after three. And part of that is you, dear listener. We need to know that uh, this is something you're interested in. Are you interested in a uh, week by week episode review of Star Trek Discovery with your friends Aaron and Polly? Let us know. Nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three. That number once again nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three. Tell us what you think about. About this show, tell us what you think about Star Trek Discovery, and let us know if you want us to continue along this road. Uh, if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also comment on our Facebook page, on IOMGeek.com, on our Instagram page, IOM, at IOMGeek, or on our Twitter feed, Ideology Madness. Yeah, I mean, we are so. available everywhere. I tell you what, we are just as social as it can be. It's almost like we've got a sexually transmitted disease, which I realized is the abbreviation for Star Trek Discovery, STD. Yeah, STD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think with all with all this social media, we, 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 we would actually like people. But, you know, generally. And not not really, no. Yeah, no. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. You know. actively, like, dislike, actively dislike people, except our listeners. We love our listeners. We love That's them. crazy. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, those guys are great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, most of them. Yeah. Not that one guy. That Tony Mast guy. He's Oof. a little sketchy. F that guy. That's what I'm saying. Sketchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Paul. Yes, sir. I, I feel like I feel like you and I both held the first hour of Star Trek Discovery in a rather dim view. I would say that's a fair assessment. Yes. And, and you know, I. Uh, I, you know, I believe I shared with you earlier that uh, I felt like I came off rather curmudgeonly in uh, in the last episode. Uh, you know, I, I kind of felt like that Dana Carvey character from SNL where, you know, the old man just bitching about people being on his line. In my day, we had real Star Trek, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I, I got to say, I, I, I went back and I rewatched it. Uh, between when you and I recorded earlier in the week and today, I rewatched episode one. All right. Uh, my my opinion didn't improve. Okay. Uh, rewatching episode one did not help episode one in one iota. Um, I, I I I am sticking by my original perception of episode one. Okay. Now I, I, I am I am I am as well with mine. Okay. So so then the question is, what did you think of episode two? Take so, it away. Paul. So a couple things before I get into my opinion of the episode itself, which is one, as discussed last on last episode, you know, CBS All Access uh, offered a free week. And I think I miss I, I misspoke. And I said that the third episode would be out next Wednesday, next Wednesday, when in actuality, yeah. it's next Sunday or this coming Sunday, right. I should say. Um, right. So what I determined was, OK, well, I'll go going for the free week. I will be able to watch at least through episode three, and that's why we say at the beginning of the show, let us know because you know we'll, we'll determine if it's worth the cost of, of CBS All Access to continue. Um, yeah, if Paul needs to invest in his CBS All Access access. Yeah. 
So a yeah. um, couple things in regards to CBS All Access. I, I, I literally signed up today for the free week. Um, I signed up for the $6 subscription, which includes ads. I will note that um, the, the Star Trek Discovery, at least for me, um, had some issues um, oh, really? you know, streaming in that the episode itself was fine. Um, however, the commercials, oddly enough, froze a lot. And I don't know hmm. if that's because they load up random commercials or what. However, um, I noticed my commercials froze a lot, and at least it appeared to me that it was limited commercial interruption. There were only two commercial breaks that I had to deal with. I don't know if that oh, was wow. intentional or if that was just an issue with them loading. I, I do not know. So let me say, uh, the first time I have watched CBS All Access in several months was yesterday, and that was when I rewatched episode one and watched episode two. Um, I had the traditional act breaks for commercials, so I had like four breaks okay. in each in each uh, show. Um, I had said previously that one of the things that irritated me about CBS All Access and their ads was that the it was always the same ad at each commercial break. And I will say that it was a different series of ads at each commercial break. So at least you weren't going, God, this is the same damn Mazda commercial, uh, yeah. you know, four times repeated during the course of the episode. So, and, and I think probably that has to do with the fact that they've actually sold some subscriptions and they actually have more advertisers now. Cause you know, previously the only new show they had on CBS all access, the only streaming native show they had was the good fight. And I just don't think that was a big draw for uh, a lot of folks, not like star Trek, which, you know, again, they posted quote record subscription sales over the weekend, even though we don't know what that number actually means. And I will say it's a little bit shenanigans to charge extra for ad free when technically your CBS you honestly, for six dollars a month for the base price, it should be ad free regardless. I pay, I pay ten dollars for Netflix, and get infinitely more product, ad free. Right. Um, so right. for CBS to to in, have any ad inclusive option, rather annoying. Um, so another point that I would like to make in regards to Star Trek Discovery episode two. Yes, sir. Is that it is uh, you know I loaded up the episode because I was trying to figure out how much time I had to watch it you know, before we recorded tonight. Uh, and I, I noticed that the episode is 40 minutes and 33 seconds long, mm -hmm. which I will tell you, dear listener, <laughs> is bullshit. If I am uh -huh. paying yeah. $6 a month for one show and you're not even giving me technically a full show, I'm not saying it has yeah, to be an hour long, because don't get me wrong, sometimes the Netflix shows I feel can be trimmed by like five, ten minutes However, you're not even giving me the television standard 43 to 47 minutes shenanigans. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That second episode felt very short to me. Uh, felt very short. Yeah, it felt, quite frankly, it felt like it belonged stuck in with the first episode. It felt like the first episode and the second episode were one episode that they just cut in two yeah. um, in, in order to, uh, to justify... You know, the break, getting people to that that cliffhanger. Yeah. So you want to talk about the show now? Yeah. Now I am the ready to talk about show? the show proper. Uh, okay. So, so episode two. Yeah. Episode two. So, Paul, yeah, I started last time. I think maybe you should start this time. So um, episode two continues the story, uh, you know, uh, so we will spoil this. So if you have not seen the episode yet, I do suggest seeing it before this. Um, because we will spoil the episode. If you are on the fence on buying the episode, 
Um, what I would say is uh, skip to the last five minutes of the show where we'll try to avoid spoilers and give a summary. Um, but for now, we're going to spoil it. So at the end of the first episode, um, what has happened is the Klingons have gotten aggressive with uh, the Shinjo uh, ship, the USS Shinjo. And, uh, you know, what has happened is uh, Michael, Micah, Michael, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell. What Michael. They, Michael. Michael, Michael, like a, like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call her. Michael, like a dude, Burnham. Michael Burnham um, has yeah. committed mutiny. Like a dude. <laughs> That's her middle name. Like a dude, Burnham. Like a dude, Burnham. <laughs> um, so second episode has come in and we, we get the, basically the, 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 the powder keg has blown. Klingons have declared war on Starfleet. Um, Michael has been put in the brig and ultimately escapes. And all sorts of stuff happens. Um, I will feel. I feel that for me, I actually disliked the second episode more than I disliked the first. I actually, I should say, I didn't dislike the first. Wow. I didn't love the first. I will say, I actually felt wow. less favorable of the second episode than I did of the first. Wow. One more time. Wow. <laughs> I had exactly the opposite response. Really. I thought. I thought episode two was far and away better than the first episode. And I thought this is, was the critical error that CBS made. Um, the things that I thought were absent from episode one were present in episode two in that you got to see a little bit more of uh, the relationship between Captain Giorgio and, uh, and, and Michael Burnham. Mm-hmm. played by uh, Sonequa Martin-Green, whose name I could not remember in our last episode, and so I made a point of remembering it for this episode. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, there's the scene where Sarek drops her off after school and just leaves her there on the ship, right? And so I thought it was a, I, I question something that she can just graduate from the Vulcan Science Academy and then all of a sudden be an officer in Starfleet that she doesn't have to take some sort of Starfleet preparatory exam or, you know, clep out or something that she can just show up in her uh, in her fancy Vulcan uh, robes and all of a sudden be an officer aboard a Starfleet vessel. But maybe there's more to that. But I did like that meeting that the two of them had, and it, it provided some additional weight to the turn that occurs at the end of episode one where she commits mutiny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I th- I thought that alone improved the show, and I think that's the big mistake that CBS made. They never should have aired just part one. They should have aired the the two hour movie that essentially it is because it's it's not a, a single episode and a second episode. It's a it's a two hour movie, and that's right? a good point. And so that's one. And I will say that's partially the reason I dislike the second episode, and the the flashbacks that you mentioned are one of the reasons that actually I I. No, or actually a piece that I felt was a fault of the second episode. And it's probably because of the way it was split in that yeah. the second episode begins with two rather lengthy flashbacks, actually three, because you have two involving Michael and you have one involving the Klingon um, captain. And, uh, you know, for me, I yeah. felt like both of them, like like half of the half of this 40 minute episode was spent in flashback which is an exaggeration but it still felt to me like okay we're we are literally breaking the momentum um to flashback to something that i feel like i probably should have known already um at this point yeah i completely agree i i and again i think the show would have been better served with those pieces of personal history known before all the action starts right yeah 
Um, I, I, I think it's a lot more weighty to feel like these people are at risk if you like them. And that was my big concern in, in episode one is I don't like anybody there. I still got to say it feels kind of like Battlestar Galactica, the Ron Moore Battlestar Galactica, mm. in that I'm not a big fan of anybody here. Okay. Right. Uh, the, the, the characters are so flawed that they're hard to like. Um, and I, and I get that that's kind of what we do in television now with your Walter Whites and your, your, uh, your Battlestar Galacticas and whatnot. I mean, you know, the, the anti-hero is kind of our hero now. Um, I'm not sure that I like the idea of Star Trek championing somebody like Michael Burnham, who, uh, is so intrinsically flawed and who, I mean, I, I'm guessing, I assume that this entire series is a redemption story for that character. Uh, yeah, and that's what it seems like to me based on the trailer for the rest of the first season. Right. Um, I agree with you. Here's the thing. There is a place for anti-heroes. I don't think right. that Star Trek is necessarily that place. Flawed characters, well, I think that, sure. Right, yeah. I mean, Deep Space Nine was peopled with, with uh, flawed characters, but an anti-hero as the central character just seems like the wrong place for Star Trek. Uh, you know, but you know, maybe Star Trek is is flexible enough and big enough to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced by what I've seen. That said, I think that watching both of these episodes back to back, which is how I watched episode two, because I started with episode one again yesterday and then watched episode two, I felt like I liked the entire thing a lot better. I'm still not wild about it. I still got Klingon problems. Yeah. Um, I still, I still don't like all of the lens flares and, uh, you know, JJ Abrams of it all, but I do think it's a better show than, than, than I said it was on the, on the, the feet of episode one alone. And so um, I think when you, when you, I, I, I do want to mention ahead. something and, and, and I, I feel like I, how do I say this? I feel like the only reason that they are saying that this is taking place in the original timeline is one so that they can make the show. Because it, it can't legitimately take place in the Kelvin timeline. It's two different, you know, properties as far as ownership. Um, you know, they would have uh, the Kelvin universe is owned by Paramount and this is CBS. So I get that there was an issue. So, um, but, uh, and the only other reason is because in, in this um, property, at least it seems to be that Vulcan is still around, the planet Vulcan. Um, right. But other than that, this show feels, looks, sounds has the technology of the kelvin verse in that the brig the, the the technology in the brig straight out of the kelvin verse the vulcan learning pods right. the um the starships the 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 lens flares i mean the 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 phasers literally uh the, i mean even the scene where michael and uh the captain um go you know transport to to the bridge of the other starship is straight out of the the first jj film so if for me it was yeah. very interesting that like this is well, a jj abrams you know universe show it feels like to me and didn't that klingon bridge seem a lot like uh the narada from uh from star trek 2009 absolutely you had those different walkways multi-level and whatnot i mean completely different from any other star trek bridge we've ever seen yeah. and the whole time i'm like well, this is just, you know, Kirk and Spock from, you know, from, you know, Zach Quinto and Chris uh, Pine uh, running and trying to, you know, kill the Romulan leader. Exactly. You know, the only thing missing was all the tattoos. <laughs> that, that, that is exactly how that scene felt to me. Um, yeah, no, exactly. And yeah. it surprises me that nobody caught that. 
I'm sure, and I don't know that they cared. I think they, I think they did it intentionally, right? Because you also had the scene where um, Michael shoots through space, you know, using that, you know, from the brig. Yep. You know, uses you know the the compression of the being sucked out of the uh, the brig to to shoot across space, which again straight out of the JJ verse or the Kelvin verse, I should say. And so I feel or Kelvin timeline. Um, you know, I, I feel like. I feel like the similarities are intentional, not unintentional, right? I think they are saying, look, you like the J.J. Abrams universe. We're going to give you a Star Trek storyline set in the original universe. But for all you people who like the Kelvin stuff, watch this, too, because um, I yeah. feel like there is a concern that maybe there's not, you know, maybe there there are two separate audiences because there to a certain extent there are. There are people who will watch yeah. the Star Trek movies that won't be interested in this TV show, but if you make it look like the Star Trek movies, then okay, maybe, 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 you know, maybe, maybe it'll, you know, tickle my fancy. It won't be boring like that. Uh, those old Star Trek shows. I'm saying that that's the perception. I, not, not my, I understood. I, I, that's why I haven't gone to my ragey place, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think, I think that, that some of that is intentional. I think that the look and the feel is, is intentional. I, I just kind of amuses me that they're so willing to rip off, their own, you know, their own universe in order to make the show. No other Star Trek has done that, right? Yeah. But I mean, the Kelvin universe has certainly, you know, ripped off and you can call it homage as much as you want, but it's ripping off the other Star Trek series um, and not doing it nearly as well. You know, the 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 con storyline and into darkness is nowhere near as effective as uh, the Wrath of Khan. Right. Agreed. Um, and it's nowhere near as good a movie. I mean, it's just not. But I, I, I am stunned that with all the talent they had writing on this, that they didn't steer into something, I don't know, maybe innovative. Why bring, and why I think bring in Lick, Lick, Nicholas Meyer is my point. Why bring in Nicholas Meyer, yeah. um, you know, just to produce a Kelvin universe thing? Why tell us it's original universe? And I get it. They are trying to tell a moment in Starfleet history that has been brought up. Um, you know, multiple times, and I get what they're going for. They're trying to tell the story of this of this war that that occurred uh, before the events of the original series um, that was only really mentioned in passing. It's essentially the Star Trek version of you know a Marvel do- or sorry Disney doing the Clone Wars TV show. You know, yeah. uh, we ha- it, it, that, that's essentially what we're getting here is you know th- this passing reference um, turned into a television series. Totally get it. Um, however, I feel like they are still not fully embracing one or the other, um, universe and, you know, trying to get the best of both worlds when unfortunately what they're doing by not committing is they're, to me, it feels like they're trying too hard. Um, I watched this with Jen and she actually said, I feel like they're trying too hard. Um, they're Mm -hmm. trying too hard to make it badass, trying too hard to make the, you know, to, to throw in, let's throw in more action and more action and more action. I'm like, but you know where's the lesson learned? You know, where's the social right. commentary? Where is, where's that stuff? Where is Star Trek in this? This is, this is the action part of Star Trek, but where is the actual thing that has made Star Trek, um, have the longevity that it has? Because it right. certainly isn't the battle sequences. It's, it, it was about the human element and, and the diversification and things like that. Yeah. You know, the, the lesson that I felt like we were taught in between these two episodes doesn't occur over on the Starfleet vessel. I think it occurs over on the Klingon ship, you know, that, you know, the, the inclusion of the outsider, 
the person who has existed uh, outside, you know, traditional society is now elevated, you know, to to a to a high level within that society because they are they are open and accepting uh, in those ranks, despite the fact that, you know, the Klingons are are, you know, modeled as religious religious fanatics. And but they're accepting, (laughs) you know, so I mean, it's kind of a kind of a mixed message there. Right. Um, I I, I agree. I I think it was trying too hard. And, you know, I'll say what I said last time. I I think that it's just not a very good pilot. Um, And I am hopeful that we will see that in episodes three, four and subsequently uh, those episodes will be better, that it'll find its feet, that it'll, it'll find its natural groove and how it tells its stories. I am hopeful. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And I will say, um, like I said, I got the, the the free subscription. And despite how hard I'm being, there's enough there. There's enough mm-hmm. interest there. There's enough. Um, int- I, I, I got to say, there's enough for me. There's enough interest there to find out. I, I want to see the freaking discovery, which has not actually shown up. Um, right. I, and, and it seems like, you know, first, if I this is not the story of the Star Trek discovery. This is the story of Star Trek. Uh, Michael. What's Burnett? Michael Burnham. Michael Burnham. It's Michael like a dude Burnham. (laughs) Michael like a dirt Burnham. Um, Like a dude Burnham. It's Michael like a dude. So (laughs) I am hopeful that once we get to the discovery portion of the show that we will get more more scenes with with that cast and crew. You know, Jason Isaacs playing the captain. It looks like Doug Jones will transport to that. Not, you know, but also be on that ship and and other characters. doesn't it look like everybody on the bridge transfers over to the new show? Kind of, yeah. I mean, you got the you got the uh, the low low rent lowbot guy. Looks like he's over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've got, I mean, you fresh from his stint in Cloud City. Here's Lobot working <laughs> the uh, <laughs> working the bridge of the USS Discovery. Um, you've got, uh, I, I think, that little robot dude, whoever that was. Uh, is is trans, transmitting over there too? So everyone just you know ejected on the life pods from the Shinzu, and they were all collected up on Discovery, and that's where they, that's where they're going to work now. Yeah, that's what appears to have happened. And that's you know, it, which seems like they probably should have spent some time establishing those characters. Then you'd think, but yeah. I, again, I'm if the first if this felt like one movie or technically one extended episode. So if, if you know, for, I, I can forgive one episode for not portraying other characters outside of the central characters. However, if that trend continues, then I feel like they're missing the point. Yeah. Um, you know, and don't, you know, I don't care how many characters are on your bridge if I don't care about them. So we'll see. We'll see. Episode three premieres yeah. this Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, on CBS All Access exclusively. Uh, it seems weird that they premiere it so late in the day. I mean, there, there's no such thing as primetime in the streaming service, so why do it then? Because they're ridiculous. Because it's stupid. Yeah. I, I, that is stupid. I, I honestly feel like, one, if you premiere an episode at a specific time, what you're asking for, especially if you don't have um, the capacity like Netflix does, you're asking for everyone to tune at the same time and screw up your servers and get pissed off and cancel their service because you don't have the the bandwidth to handle everyone watching the same thing at the same time. Because I feel right. like that's going to happen. Um, and two, you're you're showing that you don't obviously understand the concept of streaming services. The whole concept of streaming services is that yeah. people want it when they want it. And so give it to them all now. And, you know, give me all the episodes now. And I understand they're not filmed, but then give me 
if all the first six are done. Give me what you got. Give me what you got. Here's the first six episodes. Mm -hmm. The next six episodes will premiere in January 2018. Done. That's all I need. Um, And and I will tell you, if that had happened, I would have watched all six of them by now. Well, maybe not by by the end of the weekend. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would have called in sick and watched everything. I'm, I'd be done by now as well. <laughs> yeah, but but if you give me a week in between episodes, then it's it, what you're showing is that you know you don't understand the concept of uh, of what you're doing. Agreed, completely agree. So second episode, still harsh on my side. Aaron enjoyed it a lot more. However, we will yeah. be back to discuss episode three next week. So, um, what is and whether go ahead. whether or not we come back for episode four is completely up to you. So again, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of Star Trek Discovery. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, thanks again. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.